0: You are Locked On Timberwolves, your daily Minnesota Timberwolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Wolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Ben Beacon. I'm the host of Locked On Wolves. I'm also the co-editor of Dunking With Wolves, the Timberwolves site on the fan network. Today's episode is brought to you by Locker Room. Download the Locker Room app from the iOS app store and find one of our locked on rooms. Locker Room, changing the way we talk sports. Happy Tuesday, everybody. Happy Timberwolves game day. The Wolves are in Detroit to play the final road game of their regular season, of their season period this year. It's a 6 p.m. Central tip in Motown This evening. So uh, we will preview Wolves Pistons here to close out today's show. I want to start with a couple of other things. First of all, uh, reverse standings checking in on that where the Wolves sit compared to actually the those same Detroit Pistons as well as Houston Rockets, Cleveland Cavaliers, Oklahoma City Thunder, Orlando Magic, all the teams that are vying for those bottom uh, really bottom. I mean, the bottom six spots, I guess really those six teams are all within, um, well Houston pretty much has the worst record locked up, but otherwise the other five teams that I listed are all kind of battling out, battling it out for the anywhere from the number two to number six worst record in the league. And, uh, you know, who's going to get the most ping pong balls at the NBA lottery here later on in the spring. So I want to check in on that, where that sits in the final week of the regular season. I also want to talk about John Krasinski of the athletic, the fantastic John Krasinski, um, to, uh, well, John Krasinski, the reporter from The Athletic, of course, not to be confused with the actor, who's also fantastic. Uh, but John Krasinski from The Athletic, I want to check in on an interview he did with Michael Scotto of Hoops Hype. A couple of things he said of note uh, that I want to check in on. And then I want to look at league power rankings, NBA.com, ESPN.com. The Wolves have kind of held steady after a one in three week. Uh, but now that they've, the Timberwolves have played respectable basketball for several weeks, um, you know what, what are the biggest power ranking sources out there saying about the Wolves in comparison to the rest of the league? What teams are they ahead of, and also a couple of interesting statistics pulled by NBA.com about the Wolves' of late. And then we'll close the show with a Wolves-Pistons preview. Before we get to all that, though, a quick reminder that you can follow this show anywhere you listen to podcasts. That, of course, includes Apple as well as Google, Spotify, and the all-new Odyssey app. That's Odyssey, A-U-D-A-C-Y. It does appear as though the show is syncing now properly on Apple. So if you, that's where you like to listen to your podcasts. Um, you should be able to hear the show updated there regularly there again. Uh, but if for some reason you're not seeing that sync, go ahead and try out Odyssey or listen on Google, Spotify, or anywhere else. You can also follow on Twitter at lockdown T Wolves. It's at Locked T Wolves. Don't forget the T, and also at B Beacon. It's B Beacon. Two B's, two E's, C K E N. Okay, let's start with the John Krasinski interview. Um, so. John does a fantastic job and he, he did a long interview with Michael Scotto and they cover a wide variety of topics. I, I believe that Scotto wanted this, uh, this interview on the hoop site podcast with, uh, maybe under the guise of talking about the, you know, some Carl Anthony towns trade possibilities. I think John shut that down pretty quickly. So they talk a little bit about the potential of towns being traded to the Knicks. potentials. Maybe a, is definitely a strong word. The idea of could Carl Anthony towns be traded to the Knicks could, towns and Tom Thibodeau coexist in New York. Um, of course, Leon Rose comes up, comes up the former town town's former agent and the current Knicks team president. Um, so they talk a little bit about him and then they get into the Timberwolves potential for Alex Rodriguez to be the, uh, the new owner with Mark Lori. They talk a little bit about trade possibilities. A couple of things that I thought was, was interesting. Um, And in some of the interview, not all of it was transcribed on Hoops Hype. So I'm going to read a portion that was transcribed. They talk about Anthony Edwards' case for Rookie of the Year and personality behind the scenes. So I'm going to read John's answer transcribed by Michael Scott at Hoops Hype to the question about uh, Edwards' personality behind the scenes or or the, I guess, uh, one of those talk about, you know, tell us about Anthony Edwards behind the scenes. John Krasinski says, quote, he, meaning Edwards, came into the draft. There were real questions about whether he loved the game. Does he take it seriously? Will he put the work in? The guy absolutely loves to play basketball. You talk to the coaches and he's always in the gym. He wants to get better. There's a hunger there that he has. The lazy kind of comparison was, is this Andrew Wiggins 2.0 in terms of another guy that's not that competitive and doesn't really take it seriously. He's just here because he's super athletic and can do it. This guy's going to be a monster in this league when he figures things out, end quote. So uh, again, I'll preface this by saying, I love John Krasinski. I think he's a fantastic reporter and, um, and I, I'm not, I don't, you know, this is again transcribed from a podcast. So I, you know, I don't know exactly what John was getting at with this. Um, I have compared Anthony Edwards to Andrew Wiggins quite frequently, or I should say I did it in, during the draft process quite a bit and certainly less and less of late. I even said, I think it was on yesterday's show. I think it was on Monday's show, or maybe it was following the performance against Memphis on Friday when I said, I'll never do it again if Edwards – I think it was Monday's show because it was after his impressive performance – or I guess the Miami game was Friday, whenever the Memphis game was. But his performance on Sunday against the shorthanded Orlando team when he didn't score a ton of points, so it was effective, led the team in rebounding, I said something along the lines of, hey, I'll never make this comparison again if this is what we get regularly. The comparisons that I've made all along between Wiggins and Edwards were strictly due to their prospect profile – um, in the pre-draft process, as as uh, as John says, "quote," there were real questions about whether he loved the game. Meaning Edwards, I never questioned that myself. I know there was a the ESPN interview that came out. I think the week of the draft that was much you know widely um, discussed, and there were people that were worried about it and ESPN's article certainly painted it in the light that Edwards, you know, his first love is football. You know, who cares? That doesn't matter. I never wanted to go down that path because until you get to know somebody as a person, you don't know what their true motivations are. And I'm not going to let one interview make me feel that way. So, or feel a certain way about how, you know, a player's motivations or how much he cares about the game, which is always such a weird, um, completely subjective kind of thing. So, all of my comparisons have been strictly based on the prospect profile, and there are tons of similarities: high usage guy, uh, good-looking jump shot without the efficiency, athleticism that he doesn't utilize all the time, lack of focus on both ends of the floor, lack of effort, especially defensively. Um, both kind of that 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 picture perfect. You know, Wiggins is obviously bigger, right? So Wiggins is supposed to be the picture-perfect small forward in the NBA. Edwards is the picture-perfect two-guard. The athleticism, the size for the position, again, the shooting form, the athleticism, um, all of those things kind of packaged up. And still, despite that, you know, being hyped coming into the season as this could be the best player in college basketball, and then a relatively, um, not not certainly not disappointing. I mean, they're both very good in their, in their one-and-done seasons in college, but Um, you know, the shooting percentages, not outstanding, some of the turnover numbers concerning, the effort on defense, the effort rebounding the ball. A lot of those things are, are very similar between Wiggins and Edwards. And the prospect profile had a lot of the same concerns. And it wasn't due to a lack of seriousness or a lack of love for the game. It was due to, and I'm not saying that John's saying that it is. I think what I'm trying to say is that these are two different things. I'm sure there are people who were concerned about Edwards' love for the game or lack thereof. And and because of that one, and I don't know, do people think that Andrew Wiggins doesn't love the game? I think it's just people didn't like Andrew Wiggins laid back personality or whatever. I mean, there's always something that, that folks are going to nitpick. And my concern was strictly, you look at some of those rate-based numbers, some of the peripheral numbers in college. Um, and again, go back and look at strengths and weaknesses for both of these guys as college prospects or, or pro prospects coming out of the one and done year in college, eerily similar. Clearly that's not, all that matters, right? Advanced metrics, statistics in general, the the actual personality of a player and their willingness to improve and all those things that aren't, I wouldn't even call them intangibles, but the the things that don't show up on a stat sheet that truly don't, those things matter. And clearly Edwards has a lot of those things that Andrew Wiggins didn't and doesn't and probably won't. And they're gonna be very different players. They play a lot different from each other. At the NBA level, Andrew Wiggins was all about, and part of that's due to the team they're playing for, right? I mean, Andrew Wiggins was playing for uh, for t- or excuse me for Flip Saunders in his rookie season, and Flip Saunders used him in the in post up opportunities a lot. He didn't discourage him from shooting turnaround mid range jumpers, you know, a la Kobe Bryant or or Kevin Garnett, right? You know, in their primes that that's different than Anthony Edwards playing for Ryan Saunders and Chris Finch and on a Gerson Rosas assembled team where it's about threes and layups and drawing fouls. And Edwards has shot less and less mid range jumpers as the season has gone on. So they're, they're completely different players as pro players right now as college prospects. It was completely reasonable to be concerned that there were lots of um, similarities between the two. And, And again, I don't think that John is attacking the viewpoint necessarily of people who, Made the comparison, I think he 's saying if we 're comparing their lack of or alleged lack of competitiveness, love for the game, et cetera, that would be a lazy comparison and I would agree with John in that sense, but that stuck out to me and i wanted I wanted to be clear if if you 're relatively new to listening to this podcast, my comparisons between the two were never based on their supposed you know uh, off the court demeanor or or on the court demeanor for that matter. it was strictly due. To their prospect profiles, So um, interesting interview though. So go, go listen to that at uh, Hoopsite. It's the Hoopsite podcast with Michael Scotto. He had John Krasinski give the athletic on as a guest and they do cover some interesting topics. I think the Knicks conversation is interesting as well as the ownership conversation, which I, I talked about on last Friday's show is, is kind of where that's at, which by the way, we're right at about 30 days here in the next day or two of that exclusive negotiating window between the Alex Rodriguez, Mark Laurie group and Glenn Taylor's ownership uh, or Glenn Taylor himself, the Taylor family. So um, at any rate, that's something else I'm sure we'll cover here, cover here later in the week as additional news potentially breaks. Okay. Next, what I want to do is I want to get into the power ranking conversation. I want to get into the, the reverse standings conversation. Where do the Wolves sit right now compared to the other seller-dwelling teams in in the league. First, though, let's talk about Locker Room. This episode is brought to you by Locker Room. Locker Room is the first social audio platform made for sports fans. The app is free to download, and once you're in, you can talk with fans, athletes, and insiders in real time about your favorite team or sport. Locker Room is the perfect place to start or join conversations about the league. You'll find fans just like you on Locker Room for watch parties, debates, postgame breakdowns, and of course, reacting to big news or rumors. You can even find a on hosts across the NBA, as well as the MLB and NHL. I'll be joining the app soon, Be sure to get started. I'll meet you there. Go download the free Locker Room app now, currently available on all iOS devices. Be sure to create a profile, link your Twitter, and join the channel, whether that's NBA or any of the other sports. Join the the group for the latest league updates. I know you will find a ton of incredible rooms around your favorite teams and leagues. I can't wait to join you on the app. I'll be sure to let you know once the Lockdown Wolves Room is live. Download the Locker Room app today. Locker Room, changing the way we talk sports. All right, let's talk reverse standings. The Minnesota Timberwolves right now are tied in a virtual tie with three other teams for the third, fourth, fifth, and sixth worst record in the league. Houston's got the number one pick, or not the number one pick, the number one position in terms of lottery positioning all locked up. And a reminder, the way that this works now is the first, second, and third teams in lottery position all get identical opportunities at the first, second, and third picks. They all get 14% at first, at the first pick, a 13.4% at the second pick, and a 12.7% pick at the or opportunity for the third pick, which means they all have the 40.1% chance of keeping a top three pick, which is why a lot of folks want the Wolves to kind of finish in that bottom three so they get that best opportunity. The difference, though, there is an incentive to be the absolute worst because you can't fall below fifth. So, Houston, still, they're by far, by far, their greatest chance is to finish fifth. They have a 47.9% chance. Finishing fifth in the lottery, despite the fact they're going to have the league's worst record. If you finish second, your top three, actually your top four possibilities remain the same as the number one team, but you could fall as low as six. So so right now, as it currently sits, Detroit is second worst. They have a 20% chance of falling all the way to sixth. So that's the difference. And if the Timberwolves, of course, don't finish in the bottom three, or or I should say the top three in the lottery, they lose their pick to Golden State via or due to the D'Angelo Russell-Andrew Wiggins trade from last February. So as we sit here today, Houston's got the worst record locked up. They've only won 16 games. They've lost six in a row again now. They've lost a crazy number of games here uh, of late over the last, I don't know, couple of months, actually. The second worst team by themselves is Detroit, who the Wolves play on Tuesday. We'll talk more about them here shortly. They're 20 and 49. So they are one and a half games worse than Minnesota. They're a full game worse than Cleveland and Oklahoma City. So Cleveland and Oklahoma City are tied for the third worst record and they're each a half game behind Detroit. Orlando and Minnesota are a half game behind them because they played one last game apiece. So Minnesota and Orlando are both 21 and 47. So another way to look at this is the Wolves are one and a half games behind the second worst record. And there's, again, there's five teams that are all grouped in that second to sixth spot, and they're all within a game and a half of each other. So, I mean, it's pretty likely, the Wolves only have four games to play. They're really unlikely to lose all four. Uh, Now, the next three after Tuesday are against playoff teams. So it's really possible the Wolves go one and three, but in order to, if they beat Detroit, they'll have the tiebreaker, uh, the, I guess in this way, in in the wrong direction because they beat Detroit on opening night this season. And so then Detroit would need to, what, win their last uh, three and the Wolves need to lose their last three in order for Minnesota to finish below Detroit. Really unlikely. So we're looking at, realistically, third, fourth, fifth, or sixth for Minnesota, and all those teams are within a half game of each other, and Minnesota's got an additional game. So Cleveland and Oklahoma City each only have three games to play. The Wolves have four. So we'll, of course, monitor this after every single Wolves game this week, or really, we could do this every day this week, where the Wolves are going to land when the lottery balls bounce, Um, Here in several weeks, I think it's what late June this year. So um, something to keep an eye on. It has been something to keep an eye on. And again, I'm of the mindset the Wolves need to win as many games as they can get a little bit of momentum. If you can beat a couple of these playoff teams, maybe go three and one over the next week, something like that. Finish the year on a really high note, the the few percent here and there chance to keep your pick. I don't think that's as important as feeling like you're building something and, and build confidence in your best players, in your, in your Townses and your Russell's and your Beasley's and Anthony Edwards. Let these guys know that you have something that you're building. I, I think that that is every bit as much as valuable, not necessarily as the top three pick, but as a you know, 3% better chance or like 3.6% or whatever the difference is between third and fourth place, you're, you're slightly better likelihood of keeping a top three pick. In the grand scheme of things, I would much rather, you know, be, build that confidence in the players that are going to be on the roster next year and beyond. So um, anyway, we'll talk more about that as we move forward. The other thing I want to hit here is is league power rankings. So the Timberwolves, of course, were towards the bottom for quite some time, and rightfully so. But now that they've played a lot better, they've kind of stabilized. ESPN last week had the Wolves 25th in their power rankings, and they're 25th again this week. And uh, not really anything notable. They don't typically have much context or, uh, you know, groundbreaking information at all in their power rankings, but um, they're ranked 25th. The teams they're ahead of, Orlando is 26th somehow. I don't know how they're not lower. Detroit is 27th, Cleveland 28. Oklahoma City 29. and Houston 30th. I mean, those make sense. OKC okay, and so Houston are the obvious 29 and 30 teams. And then <laughs> Cleveland, Detroit, We everybody knew Oklahoma City was going to be bad. Everybody knew. Cleveland was going to be bad. Everyone knew Detroit was going to be bad. Orlando had a disappointing year because of all the injuries mostly. And then Houston, of course, that was, they were going to be good with James Harden and terrible without him. And, and they leaned into being terrible. So no major surprises there. Obviously the Wolves and Orlando are both teams that thought they could be playing teams this year and were ravaged by injuries. And in, or in Orlando's case traded off some of their better players, um, you know, mid season because of the writing was on the wall. Whereas the Wolves have gone the opposite direction and, and the thunder of course surprised everybody um, but then they made some trades. Shea Gilgis-Alexander had an injury. They, then they, after bringing him back, now he's been shut down. So Minnesota, I mean, every team below them on this list is actively tanking at this point, And the Timberwolves are, are not. Um, uh, but anyway, they're 25th in the ESPN power rankings. The NBA.com ones are always fun because they actually include some additional information, information. I think this is John Schumann that does it. Yeah, it is. John Schumann does a fantastic job he's got Minnesota at 24. It's the same bottom few teams in in a slightly different order. He's got Sacramento 25. So he's got the wolves one spot ahead of Sacramento. And so he notes a couple of interesting things. I'll I'll read a couple of the, a couple of the notes here. Schumann says the Timberwolves uh, for, he says, climbing out of the bottom 10 on defense will be a tall task, but next season's wolves should have a pretty high ceiling. He says, top 10 question mark on offense. They've ranked 11th offensively on that, on that end of the floor, since the all-star break with D'Angelo Russell, having only played in 18 of those 32 games, Beasley only played in four and Anthony Edwards still looks like a rookie at times. That's a really interesting way to put this. I did not realize that since the all-star break, the offense has been that good. I knew it was good. I knew it was top half, but 11th, 113.4 113.4 points scored per 100 possessions since the All Star break, and remember, D'Lo has played in barely more than half of them. Malik Beasley's played in four of the 32 games since the All Star break, and he was only he was bad in like th- in three of them. He was really bad at coming back after uh, the suspension before the injury. I, I mean, add Beasley and and D'Lo full time, and Edwards gets a little better. I mean, this is an easy top. The top ten question mark thing is kind of crazy. I said this before the season my preseason expectations for a relatively healthy Timberwolves team was a top 10 offense, and I didn't think it would, it would be all that close. I thought they'd be a top six offense, I think is what I said, preseason, because the talent is just unbelievable on that end of the floor, and Edwards has been far better than I expected offensively, certainly as the season wore on. I think he was a lot of what I thought he'd be early, but he's gotten so much better. This offense is going to be scary good, and that's why I continue to say, Given some, who knows what all happens to the roster in the offseason, but this team should be an above 500 team next year, basically as currently constructed, just given natural progression and relative health. They obviously didn't get the relative health from the town's wrist re-injury to the COVID diagnosis to the d injury to the Beasley suspension and then the injury um, and some of the other weird stuff thrown in. I mean- I just, it's not crazy at all to suggest that this could be a top 10 offense next year. And then Schumann goes on to talk about Anthony Edwards' pick and roll numbers not being great. And um, basically that just being inexperienced. I've talked at length about that. They're still not good as a pick and roll ball handler. He's still better in isolation. He's much better as a spot up shooter in terms of points per possession, but that's going to come. I mean, the the ability to operate in pick and roll as a ball handler is going to come with experience and familiarity playing with talents familiarity familiarity in the pro game. Very different than playing at the University of Georgia, obviously. So um, interesting. I mean, if if you uh, are going to check out those at NBA.com, I think that John does a really good job of breaking it down. He also lists each team's pace, offensive, defensive rating, and net rating, which is helpful uh, context to see when you're looking at a power ranking. So uh, those are those to me are the best power rankings. If you're going to read power rankings, the NBA.com ones are the best ones. Okay. I want to get into Wolves Pistons preview, talk about what Detroit's been up to. Obviously, hasn't been much... Uh, They haven't been up to much that's been good um, for the Pistons, or I guess um, not if you want them to win games, I guess. If you want them to lose, then they've been doing great. So I want to look at Wolves Pistons here next. That'll be how we close the show, uh, peeking ahead at the game on on Tuesday night. Before we get to that, though, let's talk about rockauto.com. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible to stock all the parts you need in a traditional chain storefront. Why are often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person at the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand that their warehouse happens to carry. You have a computer with access to rockauto.com both at home and in your pocket. Chain stores have different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers, but rockauto.com's prices are the same for everybody and they're reliably low. rockauto.com always offers the lowest prices possible rather than changing prices based on what the market will bear like airlines do. RockAuto.com is for everybody and does not require a membership or account login. It's a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to RockAuto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. And best of all, the prices at RockAuto.com are always reliably low. They're the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why would you spend up to twice as much for the exact same parts? Go to RockAuto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. Also, a reminder about Bet Online. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season's now in full swing. You can track all the action at Bet Online. You can get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL. And of course, all your UFC and MMA action. Before the next pitch, head over to BetOnline on your laptop or mobile device. Check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today. Receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit with the promo code LOCKEDON. That's promo code LOCKEDON for a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Okay, let's go ahead and roll right into the Wolves-Pistons preview. The Detroit Pistons are a shell of the team that we saw earlier this season. And of course, they weren't very good then, but the Wolves saw the Pistons way back on opening night in December. Uh, That was December 23rd, opening night. uh, The eve of Christmas Eve was the last time these teams played each other. And let's just look first at Detroit's injury list. I mean, this is, uh, it's very similar to the Orlando Magic situation, you know, previewing the Sunday game um, here just a couple of days ago, but I mean, Jeremy Grant's their best player. He didn't play on Sunday. He's day-to-day with a knee. Uh, Josh Jackson, day-to-day with a a, a tooth injury. Wayne Ellington, a former Timberwolf, day-to-day. Amadou Diallo is in health and safety protocols. Corey Joseph is another name. Dennis Smith Jr. has been out since he joined the team or been out for a little while, Um, and I mean, the, the team that lost to the Bulls the other night, let's look at, at who played. So we're seeing a couple of rookies get to play, or actually three rookies get to play quite a bit, and Sadiq Bay, Killian Hayes, and Isaiah Stewart. So if you follow the draft process closely, a lot of fun to see these guys play, certainly. Um, but, I mean, it's not leading to wins for <laughs> for, the, for the Detroit Pistons. Not at all. Um, so those guys are all in the starting lineup now. And, and you look at the bench... I mean, we're we're talking about, oh, oh, uh, Jaleel Okafor is getting minutes on the team off the bench. Tyler Cook, former Timberwolves uh, G League farmhand, former training camp invite. Remember the former Iowa big man. He's coming off the bench and playing for them. He had 10 day contracts with the Brooklyn Nets earlier this year and signed then with the Detroit Pistons after that. So we'll get to see him play, which is cool. Um, But there just isn't, isn't much. I mean, of course, Blake Griffin's been gone for a couple of months now. He's in Brooklyn, and this entire roster is just kind of churning, and and we're seeing all these young guys. So it'll be fun to see Killing Hayes play. It'll be fun to see Sadiq Bay play. I liked both of them quite a bit last year prior to the draft. And Killing Hayes was towards the top of my big board. I thought Sadiq Bay would be a perfect fit for the Timberwolves if they got him in the in the you know that uh, like if they traded back into the eight to twelve range or something like that, or if he slid. To where the Wolves had the pick at 17. I talked a lot about Sadiq Bay last summer. Um, so that that'll be fun to watch. Look back at the last time these two teams played. Again, December 23rd. The starting lineup for the Detroit Pistons for the five guys are now different. The starting lineup in that game was Delon Wright, Killian Hayes, Jeremy Grant, Mason Plumley, and Blake Griffin. The bench was Josh Jackson, Derek Rose, uh Svee Mahaylehook, uh, Jaleel Okafor, and uh, Seiko Dumbaya, and how many of those guys are still on the team? I count three, or I'm sorry, four of those 11 guys who are still on the team. So, uh, yeah, I, I mean, it, this is, now, the Timberwolves aren't all that much different. I mean, look at the Timberwolves starting lineup back then. It was Ricky Rubio, Malik Beasley, Josh Kogi, Jake Lehman, and Carl Anthony Towns. I should say, they're different in that in that uh, the rotation is very different the players on the roster aren't because the Wolves didn't make any major moves this year. They didn't really make any moves at all, uh, actually, once the season started. So clearly, Jake Lehman's out of the rotation. Beasley's injured. But Rubio, Towns, and up until recently, Akogi were starters. D'Lo came off the bench in this game because there was an issue with, um, I think he was late for a COVID test, maybe, or late for a shoot-around. So D'Lo came off the bench. Anthony Edwards was coming off the bench at the start of the season. Uh, Jade McDaniels, Jared Vanderbilt weren't in the rotation. Of course, uh, Jarrett Culver was still in the rotation. So that, that all looks different, but, um, the team is, or the, the roster is largely the same cat had 22 points on 10 shots when these teams played last, he had eight made free throws, 11 rebounds, seven assists, a couple of blocks in that game, Beasley had 23 points. As a starter, Josh Akogi had 12. D'Angelo Russell had 18 off the bench. Anthony Edwards had 15 off the bench. Jarrett Culver had a 10 and 10, 10 points and 10 rebounds in the first game of the season way back in December. Um, And this was a game that was really ugly. It kind of felt Minnesota was down big early. They came back, tied it, I think, at halftime, or they were down slightly at halftime, and then uh, made a fourth quarter push to win kind of a slog of a game on opening night. Then of course the Wolves went on the road, won in Utah a couple nights later, three nights later, and then Towns hurt his wrist, and there it was a tailspin from there. Detroit never really got their footing this season. They they weren't supposed to be good. They haven't been good, and nothing has really changed for them, unfortunately. Um, and now they're they're second, or they have the second worst record in the NBA. Their net rating is actually only twenty fifth. They had a little bit of bad luck this year in close games. Their defense has been pretty middle of the pack, but without Josh Jackson, that hurts them quite a bit. Without um, Hamadou Diallo, that hurts them quite a bit. Of course, they made a move, a couple of moves mid season as well. So there's been a little bit that roster churn certainly plays into the uh, the de- the I guess the the decline of their defense, uh, that was solid at one point this season. But for the most part, this isn't a team that plays fast. It's not a team that's going to scare you offensively. It's not a team. I mean, their bottom, I guess their 20th and three point shooting percentage. They don't, they draw a fair amount of fouls. Uh, they don't rebound the ball well. And that's, that's the type of team that the wolves could, as long as they don't get into the, into the foul trouble. Right. I mean, they've had those issues come up, Throughout the season, the Timberwolves can get foul happy. And as long as they can avoid that, this should be a game that they win very easily. They should be able to control the glass. They should be able to outshoot the Pistons from deep. And uh, Detroit's not going to have any answer for Carl Anthony Towns or Anthony Edwards, really, for that matter. If Josh Jackson doesn't play, um, I think he'd be their best shot at slowing him down. So this should be a Timberwolves win. The Wolves will be favored in this game, I'm sure, at betonline.ag. And, um, and it should be a fun one. I mean, Minnesota really should win this, and it'd certainly be disappointing if they didn't. So we'll be back after the game on Tuesday with the post-game pod. Be sure that you're following the show wherever you listen to podcasts. Of course, that includes Apple, Stitcher, Spotify, Google, anywhere you listen to, to podcasts. And of course, the all-new Odyssey app. That's Odyssey A-U-D-A-C-Y. You can also follow the show on Twitter at Lockdown T-Wolves and at B Beacon. It's B Beacon Two B's Two E's C K E N. That's all we have for you today here on the show. Thanks once again for listening to the Locked On Wolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Remember, the Locked On Network is your local experts on all the biggest stories. A reminder that today's episode was brought to you by Locker Room. Download the Locker Room app from the iOS app store and find one of our Locked On rooms. Locker Room is changing the way we talk sports. Thanks once again for listening. My name is Ben Beacon. This is the Locked On Wolves podcast, and we'll catch you next time.